everybody, welcome to An American F1. As usual, I'm here giving you my hottest and coldest takes on the world of Formula One. It's getting exciting, isn't it? February is nearing. Depending on where you are, it might be the frigid, cold winter. But there is some warmth to bring you. There is some bright spots in this void of Formula One. And that is the fact that we have some livery dates. That is huge. We have some teams starting to announce when they are going to reveal their 2022 livery, which means they will also be revealing their 2022 cars as well. So that is very, very exciting. We have McLaren announcing. We've had, I believe, Mercedes announced too. I saw Red Bull mention something. I saw um, Aston Martin announce. So... We're getting some, uh, and Ferrari, of course, as well. So we're definitely all excited to start seeing, one, what these 2022 cars are going to look like in these new liveries. And two, like, looking at a new livery is impressive and cool to watch. And it's uh, exciting, especially when some of those teams, you know, you have to do their little live stream. They give you a little presentation. I'm a big livery launch fan. I mean, I could spend days just waiting for each one. It's really exciting, and I think... For at least a livery nerd like me, it's definitely cool. And from the tech side, it's cool too. You know, you get to see, hey, this is what we got going on. Um, but since I last talked with you guys, there has been some news. One of the biggest ones is being that Aston Martin announced Mike Crack as their new team principal. So this is going along with, as we all know, Otmar Schaffnauer left Aston Martin and as team principal, so now coming in his place will be Mike Crack, who previously worked with BMW, uh, BMW Sauber, he was an engineer, so he's worked with Vettel in the past already, he has a huge history in motorsport, I believe over 20 years, so Mike Crack is someone that does come with some experience, and Aston Martin has been filling in some areas that maybe they were lacking, so Aston Martin, for sure, has also been trying to retool their outfit and make it more competitive, that being with Otmar leaving and now the hiring of Mike Crack. Good news, we know that, as we mentioned last time, Vettel really didn't seem where seemed like he was where he wanted to be with Aston Martin. I think if we could talk about a team that was a huge disappointment this year, I think we could definitely say that it was Aston Martin. So... With that being said, we are moving on to some other news this week. One of the biggest news that happened this week was with, ironically, the team that we're going to discuss a little today, Alpine, the Alpine Formula One team. So Alpine, formerly known as Renault, um, one of the biggest pieces of news was that former F1 champion Alan Prost uh, had left his role with Alpine and Prost was very outspoken on social media, which is something you don't really expect from someone like Alan Prost to be so critical on social media. But Alan Prost was very critical in the way in which he was not forced to leave, but in the way in which his resignation or, you know, forcing out of Alpine came about. So, you know, Alan Prost had been a long advisor for Alpine, had been very involved with the team, 
very passionate about the team, it seemed. But um, it seemed that there was some kind of friction in Alpine, maybe restructuring going on. And Alain Prost basically criticized the CEO, Laurent Rossi, basically as being this guy who uh, wanted the desire for himself, wanted the notoriety for himself with Alpine. There was obviously something going on in the background behind the scenes of Alpine that we don't exactly know. We won't get the full picture, but clearly it left a bad taste in Alan Prost's mouth. Uh, basically made him feel angry, made him feel annoyed, made him feel unwanted. So I think it was a bit of a surprise to see Alan Prost leave. We know also now the rumor that basically the worst hidden fact the you know the rumor the least kept the worst kept secret in Formula One was that Otmar Safnauer also would be joining the Alpine outfit as well. So looks like Otmar Safnauer is set to go to Alpine as team principal. So that'll be an interesting mix there. So I think it'll be cool to see what Otmar does with that team. And the other big news is Alpine is supposedly getting a new sponsor also from Aston Martin as well. So Aston Martin is actually getting a new sponsor from Aston Martin, which I think many of us will be happy to see maybe gone from Aston Martin because with that green and that pink, uh, um, that green and that pink livery just didn't seem to go well. But uh, BWT coming over to Alpine next year as a sponsor. So Will we see a blue, white, and pink livery? That could be interesting. I really thought it's kind of disappointing because, I mean, the BWT livery does pop out pretty big, but I just love the French connection with the Alpine livery. So it's going to be very disappointing if, you know, you don't go those French flag colors and instead you get pink, white, and blue. But, hey, Formula One's a business. Money talks. So if you got to see a pink livery, be it, you know, with the Alpine blue and white, you know what, you got to do what you got to do. So would be a little disappointing to see Alpine's livery look like that, but would it be the worst thing ever? I think it might work better than it would on the Aston Martin car as well. So definitely going to be interesting to see what that car will look like, that livery, when BWT hops on as a sponsor. I don't think it's going to be as subtle as it was on the Aston Martin uh, car from last year. So, yeah, so that's some of the big changes in news. Uh, Other than that, the only other piece of news, which I think people seem to, or at least ESPN, seem to take out of proportion, was in regards to Romain Grosjean talking about the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which we just, we are not going to leave the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix alone, are we? It's just going to be stuck with us forever uh, until something is resolved. But, yeah, Romain Grosjean was a little, not critical, but was a little supportive of the way it ended. And at first, when you looked at the quote, it looked like he was saying basically that, you know, Michael Massey made the right decision. And I get what he's saying. Um, Grosjean's full quote made it a lot more clear what he meant. So he basically said, for Lewis, it was definitely not a great call. But as a TV fan, as a spectator, 
for the sport, I think Michael Massey made the right decision. And I get what Roman Grosjean is saying there. He's saying that, and this is the debate we're going to have with Formula One for ever. We probably have it with any sport, and I would get more into it. I'm going to write a blog on it too. But the entertainment value versus the tradition and the rules. Sports all the time do change their rules, not mid, I'm not saying change the rules mid-game, like arguably what happened during the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but sports do change their rules between seasons, between certain points in seasons to try and elevate the entertainment level. Because at the end of the day, yes, these are sports, but there is obviously an entertainment element there as well. So I don't know if we're going to see some changes come to F1 because of this. Um, Maybe we will see some kind of rule similar to NASCAR where it is made so that a race can't end under a safety car. Maybe we will see that change. I wouldn't be surprised if we did. Um, I could see why Formula One would want to make a change like that, make the racing a little more entertaining, maybe attract more people to the sport that haven't, um, add that little entertainment value. And of course, you know, it's a business. They have to get the viewers. It's an expanding sport. It's going to new markets. So Formula One definitely does need to look into maybe avenues to make the races not end under a safety car so we don't have the chaos like we did at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. But Roman Grosjean's quote, when ESPN put it down, it was just that one quote, but he did expand on it and explained why he thought it would not have been nice for the championship to end under the safety car. And I think we understand that. Like, it would have not been... Nobody, I think, wanted to see a race end under a safety car or a championship battle end under a safety car. I think it would have been very disappointing, very anticlimactic if the race ended like that. But not going to keep going on for that. want to talk about Alpine, what I thought about their season, and what we can expect from them in 2021. So Alpine, the team formerly known as Renault, uh, Alpine F1 team officially, formerly known as the Renault F1 team, uh, came about in 2021 as a rebranding of Renault. You know, um, Obviously, as we know, Daniel Ricciardo leaving Renault, heading over to McLaren. So this year, Alpine was headed by two drivers. The first underrated Esteban Ocon and, of course, El Plan Fernando Alonso. So what to make of Alpine this year? I've been wondering where they would stand, uh, where we would put them. I think for Alpine, overall, it was a pretty good year for them. They finished fifth in the World Constructors Championship. I don't know if that's what they were looking for, if that's what we would expect. But Alpine had several bright spots this year. And I think, I will say, I think the driver pairing of Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon is one of the best driver pairings in Formula One right now. I really think that they are, they seem like a team that just, a team of drivers at least, a group of drivers that seem to really get along well. They seem to know what they're doing. They seem to have good chemistry. They work well in tandem. So I really do think that that grouping of Alonso and 
Ocon really fits. I think it's a really nice pairing. You kind of got like that old veteran that is Fernando Alonso who still got it. And you got that young, upcoming, definitely underrated driver in Esteban Ocon. So Alpine pretty consistently in the points, pretty consistently, consistently in the points this year. Nothing really that was like standing out as, oh my God, that was like a horrible race. Uh, Turkey didn't go so well for Fernando Alonso. He retired in the first race. Um, the first race at Bahrain, not the best for Alpine. We know that Ocon got rammed by Sebastian Vettel. Fernando Alonso was forced to retire. Alonso also did struggle at both Spain and Monza. Um, Ocon had some retirements too, Azerbaijan. France didn't finish as well. The steering Grand Prix, the Australian Grand Prix, uh, Russia, again, not really one of his best races, nor was Mexico. But we know that there were some bright spots. First of all, obviously, we'd be remiss to say that the best race for Esteban Ocon was arguably Hungary. I think inarguably Hungary. Uh, One of the spectacular stories of the year, first of all. Esteban Ocon getting his first race win in extraordinary circumstances. (laughs) Probably one of the best showings that we've seen from a team, too, other than McLaren, in terms of teamwork, in terms of getting the job done, other than, of course, Mercedes and Red Bull. Uh, Alpine could have surprised us with a podium, a double podium at Hungary, too, which would have been epic. But... Yeah, if you don't remember the Hungary Grand Prix, which how could you not remember the Hungarian Grand Prix this year? Valtteri Bottas goes into turn one, takes out half the field, and the seas parted their ways, leaving Esteban Ocon in prime position to take the lead after, you know, Lewis Hamilton forgot to switch his tires. So Esteban Ocon, the seas open up for him. He's in prime position to take the lead for that race. And Vettel gave him a little bit of a challenge. Uh, Sebastian Vettel gave him a little bit of a challenge, but it wasn't enough. And he would later end up getting DQ'd anyway for a fuel error. But Esteban Ocon taking command of that race, holding on to the lead, and sealing the victory was one of the greatest races for Alpine this year. And one of the reasons why the Hungarian Grand Prix was so good for Alpine is because of that teamwork element. Because... We cannot forget the importance, and this is why this is definitely easily the best race for Alpine, the dominance or the show that Fernando Alonso put on against Lewis Hamilton. That defense, that epic defense. Now, Fernando Alonso did end up getting passed by Lewis Hamilton. He did get overtaken by Lewis, but... He defended him for several laps, and it was one of the most intense scenes of racing we've had this year. It was epic. Fernando Alonso battling with Hamilton. It felt like 2000, the early 2000s all over again. So, late 2000s, sorry. All over again, you know, when, like, Fernando and Lewis were at McLaren. It felt like that again when they were battling. They were rivals, right? So, it was definitely had those vibes. It was cool because without Fernando Alonso's defense of Lewis Hamilton... Uh, there's probably, there's most likely the chance that without that, Hamilton ends up in first and Esteban Ocon loses his chance at a first Grand Prix win. But we know how it went. Fernando Alonso put up that stellar defense. El Plan worked masterfully. 
And Fernando Alonso basically helped secure Esteban Ocon a first Grand Prix win. And that was epic. That was one of the coolest things. It's It really is something special when you get to see a driver win his first Grand Prix. It's really something special when it comes thanks to that hard-fought teamwork. The next best race for Alpine, Qatar. Now, I think we all love the end of the Qatar Grand Prix simply because we had Fernando Alonso, El Plan, on the podium in third place. And that was epic. That was a great show of driving from Fernando Alonso. He made tires survive when others were just blowing up. It was crazy. Like, drivers are the race. We had Valtteri Bottas. Um, I think George Russell, too. We just had drivers flat out getting flat tires all over the place. They were just blowouts everywhere. And yet, Fernando Alonso put on a show again, showing how good he is with his tire conservation, being able to drive home to that third-place finish and end up on the podium. With, of course, also in that race, Esteban Ocon finishing in fifth. The next race at Saudi Arabia, too, we were treated with a great... Uh, and, of course, we didn't see it on TV because, for some reason, they decided to show us Max Verstappen limping slowly to second place. Wow. There was an epic battle for third between Esteban Ocon and Valtteri Bottas. Like, Bottas literally got Ocon on the last straight, which was so disappointing. I honestly was looking with great intent, hoping to see Esteban on that podium one more time before the season ended. It would have been so cool because we would have had Fernando Alonso a podium, and then the next week, Esteban Ocon a podium. So... And then they ended Abu Dhabi meh, in 8th and ninth, So, But I really do think that Alpine made a lot of progress this year. I think compared to Renault last year, they were arguably better. I think obviously going through a rebranding from the Renault F1 team. Uh, I think it was a significant change. I think it was a lot better than they did last year. I think they kind of hit expectations. They still finished fifth in the World Constructors Championship. Uh, you know, arguably you could say that if Yuki Tsunoda had a better year, it's conceivable that Alpha Tauri could have passed them for fifth in the Constructors. But I think Alpine's one of these teams that could be on the rise. But at the same time, as much as I think Alpine is on the rise, they definitely are a team also with question marks so Alpine has said that they have recovered some that they have recovered some horsepower so they think they will be closer to their competitors obviously that being like Ferrari McLaren um, maybe Red Bull Mercedes but I feel like they are one of these teams with question marks going into 2022 they do Seem It does seem like they've made some changes this year, too. Like It looks like they're trying to get their team on an equal footing. It looks like they're trying to make the right moves. Uh, they kicked out Marcin Butkowski. They're replacing him with Otmar Safnauer. Uh, we know that there's been some internal restructuring. Like I mentioned before, this is one of the reasons, though, why Edvaja Alan Prost has left. So we don't know what that friction's about. It remains to be seen whether or not these changes will work for that team. 
I think this is an interesting team to watch, though. I think we want to see this team do well. I would like to see this team do well. I would like to see them get some victories. Of course, with Fernando Alonso, El Plan, you know, they still have that great veteran leadership behind the wheel. I don't think Fernando's making as much of the calls, or maybe he is, but it doesn't seem like it. At least according to Alan Prost, Fernando is great. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's those issues with Fernando like there were with McLaren the second time around. But it will be interesting to see uh, where this goes from here. And I really like the team. I think they have a great combination with Ocon and Alonso. And, you know, like I say with all these teams, going into 2022, there are a lot of question marks. We don't know where teams are going to be. We don't know how close teams are going to be together. So it will be interesting to see what happens when it all comes together. One of the uh, sad things, too, or I hope, you know, they obviously have Oscar Piastri as one of their reserve drivers. I really hope he finds his way somehow into Formula One soon. I think it's a good thing that he's going to maintain that reserve driver spot, learn a little, then hopefully he'll get his chance either in 2023 or hopefully, I don't want to say 2024. It's got to be 2023 for Oscar Piastri. Like, how long can we wait for this guy to not have a ride? I mean... It's insane, but I will like to see him go into, you know, some FP1s, FP2s, see how he does, you know. Um, Definitely a guy deserving of a ride, part of the Alpine system as well. So, definitely interesting to see, something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I think next year, again with the question marks, I think Alpine could be a team that surprises us. Uh, I think they're making the right moves. Obviously, in public, the news doesn't seem to be as positive Uh, But that's one person's opinion. Listen, Alan Prost is a great guy, a legend. But just because Alan Prost is annoyed at what happened doesn't mean that team is doing the wrong things. Maybe this is the move that makes Alpine better. We don't know. It remains to be seen. The only way we're going to know what Alpine is going to be like is when we see them on the track for the first time. That is the only way we're going to know if these changes work. We don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. But I do hope that we get to see Fernando Alonso on that top step of the podium with Esteban Ocon. Because I really do think they're one of the... I don't think they're the underrated driver pairings, but I don't think they're talked about enough, that driver pairing. I know a lot of people do talk about Fernando Alonso and Alplan, but I really don't think people talk enough about Esteban Ocon. I think he's highly underrated. He comes from humble beginnings. He's had quite the career path in Formula One. But I do think he is a highly underrated driver. I think he can wheel the car really well. I think he's proven his worth more than enough times. So I want to see what he can do if this team improves just a little bit. What he can do in a better car. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Alpine. Going to be an interesting season for them. If you think I'm right, if you think I'm wrong, feel free to critique me on Twitter at AnAmericanF1. You could feel free to question any of my takes. Always welcome to criticism. Always open for dialogue. But as always, thanks for listening. I'm going to come back to you with another segment, which is one that I think is going to be really exciting next week. That is going to be on our fourth place team in the Constructors' standings, which was a team that, also, like Alpine, had when it had its highs, they were high. And when it had its lows, they were kind of low. But one of the teams that 
I think was very interesting this year in many different ways. And that is, of course, going to be our fourth place in the constructor standings, the McLaren F1 team. So we'll be taking a look at how the season went for McLaren, how it went for, you know, Daniel Ricciardo and uh, Lando Norris. We're looking to see how it will, how it did and what we can expect from them next year. I think this is going to be one of those teams that we are really looking forward to, one of the oldest teams with a storied history in Formula One. So I think we're really looking forward to see what they can do next year. But thanks again for listening. Feel free to question my takes and enjoy the weekend, everybody. And I'll talk to you next week.